0: West Mountain Sports Report, the Bad Guys Win Edition, where the air is thin and the only coaster are Lakeshores. I'm your talking head, Jamie. Joining me this week for the Sports Report, he's got a word or two for Kevin Durant. It's Casey.
1: <sighs> oh.
0: A very muted howl it's from a best I Rat-
1: got. fan. It's the best I got this morning. It's uh, you know, when you stay up late for a game and then you don't, it, it, it doesn't feel worth it. That's just a bummer. You know, it's a bummer to, to lose a close one like that, to uh,
0: think maybe the referees had a hand in it and to lose some sleep over it. I know exactly what you mean. The abs in the wild also played last night with a Mm -hmm. start time of nine o'clock. So I thought, who, who is this for? Like, that's a California start time. We're, you know, only an hour separates the mountain time zone from the central. So don't know who that helps. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you, Casey. Let's should we start with the Wolves and the Suns? You want to break it down?
1: Is Phoenix also in that time zone? Because it was the same thing. Nine o'clock start. It actually got pushed back because the uh, the NBA game before it went a little long, and it's all on ESPN. So Gross. it bumped to nine
0: fifteen. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet their Mountain time mm-hmm. zone, Phoenix. Yeah, I'll bet that's right.
1: Yeah, you know, it was uh it was I think Kevin Durant's home opener uh on the Suns because he he joined the team and I think he was a little banged up. I I don't follow the Suns too closely. Um but he'd been away uh injured and came back and boy did he still look injured. So that I think that even adds to the disappointment of a close loss and that how often are you going to get a crappy KD game right when he's just I think he was 0 for 7, 0 for 8 maybe at some point before he scored uh, eventually. Um, but man, when when you got a legend like that shooting so poorly and, and clearly hobbled, you, you got to take advantage of it. Um, I want to make excuses that you know half the team was sick. Ant and uh, and slow mo were sick. They were almost they were on the injury report uh, as illnesses, and they were almost going to be out. But you know, Ant won't not play. He'll play through any injury. So of course, he'll play through illness. And but you could tell that he was hurt. Or, you know, not playing a hundred percent. And uh, you could tell slow mo. Had some in him, but not enough. Um, It was just a bummer. And uh, to see a lot of offensive fouls getting called on Rudy and things like that, like, come on, what's going on here? If you can't bully a little bit under the rim as a big guy, then what is this? This isn't the NBA anymore. Are we just only shooting threes? Is that what they want? Like, that's, I get it. Rudy throws bows from time to time. But man, I think he got called for like five different offensive fouls in the paint last night or some crap like that. So it's hard to to not think that there's some other outside influence or, you know, lack of respect for a flyover team uh, like Minnesota. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if I got to put on a tinfoil hat because, you know, with this and uh, shoot, what was that other awfully offici- officiated game where they just kind of gave it to him? The Celtics game, man, that was abysmal as well. It's hard to think they just don't have
0: it out for us. So what do you do? Let's put those hats on because I want to sit here in this thought for a second because I was thinking about this too and it's it's such a it's such a league for the coast right I mean the Warriors went on their run you have the Celtics Mm -hmm. the Lakers occasionally occasionally yeah LeBron you can go to Cleveland and get one you know for but he had the star power yeah you know (laughs) yeah or yeah occasionally Giannis yeah let's bring one home for the state of Wisconsin just to keep everybody interested just once in a while. I i like, he, I like
1: he, to think that Giannis is just so good. They couldn't do anything about it. And yes. they kind of liked that small town story. So, like, he had, I think, the right amount of star power where I think Cat is too corny and the league
0: doesn't like him. That's interesting. That's interesting because here's here's how I consume the NBA. And I'm, I'm going to bring it back to Cat because I, you know, I you're, you're a fan. I, I. I'm a hockey fan. I would mm-hmm, watch mm-hmm. more NBA if they were not, you know, parallel pathed. But so right. I, I'll watch yeah, I'll watch like ESPN on Snapchat or um, you know, YouTube highlights. And um stories like that, it's it's all Kevin Durant, it's all the Phoenix Suns. Nothing about the Wolves, mm-hmm. you know, nothing about bears, not even mentioned. And um meanwhile, then we go to the, you know, the top five plays and it's Ja Morant throwing it down for the Grizzlies. So what do I do with that, Casey? I feel like I got no story for how the game actually transpired. You said Durant played like crap, but he was still the focus of, you know, yeah, most of the highlights. He was,
1: he was trash. And the like Devin Booker is a really good basketball player. So like I losing the game is fine. Like they're they're a good team. You know, Chris Paul, as old as he is, like he is just a really good, smart playing point guard. Like all things considered, that's a really good team. They uh, they they were uh, either in the weren't they in the championship a couple of years ago? Either way, they they're knocking on the door. They have been for a while. They've got a lot of really good talent. Losing to them isn't embarrassing. It's just like the way that it gets called uh, uh, the wrong direction a lot. Um, I swear, I think Devin Booker got to the line like nineteen twenty times. Like it, wow. it felt like a whistle was blown anytime he was going in the paint, and he just got to the line. Um, and I just don't think Ant gets those calls. I, I definitely don't think Cat gets those calls. Now, do I think Cat is, uh, should shut up and stop whining sometimes? Yeah. But, like, I don't blame him. He, he doesn't get the star calls that the other stars get, the other bigs get, like him. And, uh, oh, what was it? It was on, uh, it was a couple months ago when he'd been out, you know, he was out for 50 some games. He'd already been out 20 some games, you know, a couple of months. And, uh, one of my Twitter follows that I, in Timberwolves' Twitter, uh, someone I follow, um, found a, a graphic of during, I think during the wolves game, maybe even um, where we were playing some team where they had a, you know, a, a, a highly regarded star that was maybe out. And then they posted this graphic It was like uh, all stars missing the most games. And it was like 10 different players all injured with X amount of games. None of them as long as cat. And he was just omitted from the list. So like he has always been an all-star when he's healthy. He makes the all-star game. He, uh, first big to win the three point shooting contest like the dude has talent the dude is he's he's really good despite what you may think of him and they don't they just omit him from this like stars who have been injured this year when he was like outnumbering everyone on the list so just immense
0: disrespect for for our poor Minnesota Timber pups and the worst part of it too is like you want good things for him and maybe the worst thing he could have done from a capital C career move is to say i like it here i want to stay here thank you for the max contract and you know i I mean we're happy about that we like cat but isn't there something to that like man if you really what like this happens a lot with the rockies right because i i refer to them as like the farm team for the cardinals you know yeah we (laughs) we have (laughs) we have our favorite players and you want them to win and you're so pumped that they want to stay but at the same time it's like can they do it and i think this team might be an exception, right? Case, you're trending in the right way where they can put it together. They have the talent. I
1: think they do. I I think and honestly, if Kat was on another team, I think he might get the same treatment. I don't I don't know that I'd blame Minnesota that necessarily because he is kind of a cheesy, corny dude. And, you know, even I've heard Minnesota fans that aren't a fan of his personality or whatever. He's just kind of extra um, compared to he's he's a younger player in a league that's been dominated by tough guys. And he's like a millennial type who, you know, they call him soft for that reason, even though when he's playing, he's not, you know, that soft, he he gets fouled up and down the court, you know, because he's a big guy. So he gets hacked all day long, but like, because he is, you know, I don't know, into his feelings a little bit more is open about that. I feel like that gets dogged as soft a lot. So I think, I don't know. People just think he's kind of corny and soft. Um, I think the the reason they don't clown on him anymore is because he has gone through a lot of tragedy and like losing his mom and stuff during covid and and a whole bunch of other family members so I think that's kind of uh, helped the league kind of not be so mean to him about it cuz I don't know he is kind of he's a he's an emotional guy he's in his Fifi's a little bit and I can identify with that I'm kind of an emotional guy so maybe that's why I got a soft spot for my cat
0: That's I think that was well put and and I take some umbrage to that right cuz you have cuz one of those guys was Jimmy Butler you know, I mm-hmm. remember being mm-hmm. pumped when he joined the team. His talent is undeniable. But then, yeah, he was hinting at stuff like that about Towns and, you know, jump ship to another team. And he, you know, he seems to be the one that leads in a different way. Team team hops, you know, calls people soft. And yet he never seems to back up all of that big boy talk with big boy results. So at the end of the day, you know, how, how hard are you really – you know, I, I, I just, th- this is, this is why I take umbrage with it. It's like, oh, if, if you're Mr. Big Dog, then you better back that up. Right. You better mm-hmm, not be the mm-hmm. one taking the last shot in the playoffs and bricking it, which I think he did. Right. I, I remember a series. I, I, don't I don't want to
1: hate too much on him because he is a really good player, but I think that he went about that whole thing the wrong way. And I like, just as a as someone who's been a leader in positions and jobs and things like that, and obviously not on a sports team. And so I guess you could say it's different, but I don't think that that's the way to motivate people. I don't think being mean uh, is the right way to do it. I think being supportive and pumping them up in the positive way is how you get the most out of people. And so that's, I kind of had an issue with his leadership style and Tibbs is kind of like that too. He's kind of an old school, you know, tough and gruff coach. And that's who we had at the moment. So I think that kind of was just not a mash with our team. Like cat isn't like that. Wiggins wasn't really like that at the time. He's kind of a softer, quiet guy. And so, I mean, it didn't, it didn't fit our team. So maybe I guess it fits elsewhere, but just from a holistic standpoint, I don't, I don't think that's the right way to motivate people. And I don't think you're going to get the most out of people when you're doing that. Cause no matter how good you get them to be, there'll be a layer of resentment, right? Because you, you had to push them to do that. So yeah, it right. didn't work here. I don't think that that's the way to do it. I think Chris Finch uh, is, an awesome coach and i think he is the right amount of kind of uh he's a little he's tough he's hard enough um but you know i don't think he like he doesn't publicly yell at players he doesn't call people out i think he keeps things in house and i think it's respectful and i don't know man it looks like they're showing up to play for him so i'm really happy about those things there's, there's shining spots here and hopefully we can uh we can win the next handful of, of games here and make sure to get out of the play-in games and just kind of coast right into the playoffs
0: Yes, I hope so too. I haven't taken a look at the standings. What who who do they need to overcome here to kind of avoid the Oh man, you know what? I haven't It's so fluid. We're like
1: one game between uh uh all the the teams in the West oh, yeah. here, uh, all the teams at the bottom here. So, hold on, let me pull up the current standings cuz as of right now, we are the 7, which means we're in the play-in game. But really? we are only one game down on the Warriors, and that's it. Like if we if we could if they can lose a couple so here's how it went before last night if we won every game we were at least the 6 seed we there's no way we could have dropped below that if we won out we kind of controlled their destiny at that point but now the math all kind of changes that we lost the suns last night we got to play the lakers tomorrow um and they're they're right below us right they're fighting to get above us so the 8 seed um so that's going to be a pretty crucial game. We play the Trailblazers on Sunday, Sunday. I think Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to that game. Me and my son um, are going. Nice. It's Cat's birthday or sorry, Crunch's birthday. Uh, so it's like a kid day. It's going to be awesome. It's a day game on Sunday. So and the Blazers are there. I mean, they're not even fighting for like a play-in spot. They're pretty bad. Um, You know, well, they below 500 on the shelf, right? What? Yeah. If James if not playing that, I feel pretty good about that game. So at least we have one easy one in the pocket. Um, but the Lakers game is going to be tough. And, uh, who else do we have here? we got the Lakers, we've got the Blazers, we got the Nets who are looking all right. The Spurs who don't look so great. And then our last game against the Pelicans who are fighting for the playoff spot too. So I'd say, I don't know, two of the last five are going to be tougher ones. I'd say Pelicans and Lakers, the other ones should be winnable. But, uh, yeah, if we can, if we can win out here, I think we have a great shot of, uh, not having to do the play in games.
0: Well, so can I just like from afar can I just like just the playoffs start right now for the Wolves? Can I just think of it that way? Cuz yeah. I, I mean, they kind of do, right? To make the, to make it to the sixth seed. Yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, they
1: could still make play-in games right if we lost a couple and uh the the teams below us had had some good luck here. Um, you know, we could still complete. we can still completely miss it too, you know. So, it, it is kind of playoff mindset. You're right. It's uh you got a must win. Every game matters right now. Sweet. Which hey, that's I think that's good for the product, man. Uh, the the four seed, the Suns, are who we just lost to last night. They have two games on us. So up until last night, the four seed through the tenth seed even are separated by like two games. So there's just a lot of of havoc that can happen down down there. The the one twos and threes are pretty sock, uh, pretty set and locked in. They're up by at least five games on on the ones below them. But man, four through ten. It's going to be an interesting uh, last couple of weeks here at the NBA season, and, and uh, I think that's good for the product if they can just figure out their refing issues.
0: I'm glad you said that. It did kind of fix because I remember before the tournament, this was the worst stretch of basketball. Like the, this yeah. was awful. The like the last two or three weeks before the playoffs because it's pretty much set with a, f- a few exceptions, and the teams that are tanking are really tanking. And right. you know when the Nuggets were bad, which was for a while before Jokic was like, "Why I'm not watching." the rest of these games they don't care exactly so yeah i that was really um kind of well crafted that they solved at least this problem for this part of the season
1: yeah and i think it it adds a little more competition yeah it helps those i mean the the teams that might not be the shoe in to get in uh helps them kind of give something to fight for Yeah, I, i like that
0: yeah nice well we do have some puck talk but we also have uh reader mail by, way, by which I mean listener mail. <laughs> so here is your question. Roundballer Casey, are fouls in B-ball the most arbitrary thing in the universe? What is the foul called when two opposing jerseys gently caress against each other, almost indistinguishable to the naked eye, but obviously a foul when using the James Webb telescope? That was submitted by HR uh, Puff and stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, I,
1: I have no disagreements.
0: <laughs> Sometimes no fouls edits. are soft. <laughs> no no
1: yeah I, th- I think there was a lot of that uh a lot of bad offensive fouls last night for sure um i mean we're not the only team that's been complaining about it uh, fred van vliet went on a pretty big rant uh post game talking about dog crap refs he even called out a specific officiating crew by name and if you look up the stats of that crew like it kind of pans out like they do get more calls by that crew against them um and then i think it showed the nba was listening too because i believe i was i saw on reddit that 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 ref was like head ref in every game he'd uh, coached right they have a crew and then there's like a head ref of that crew he was uh, like demoted for three of the next five uh assignments to not head ref which is like it hadn't happened all year all year long so hopefully the league is listening um i guess i don't know who to blame i don't know if it's uh they're doing it because they like specific teams or if it's a gambling angle or the refs have their own uh agenda like maybe they have some underground gambling stuff going because i know that that's been historically pervasive. Um, mm-hmm. I just think the NBA is a league that a, a game that can really be uh, messed up by some bad calls to give some momentum the other direction. Cause it is very much a momentum and run game. You know, you want to go on a good run of, of buckets and no and stops, right? So if you can get the right momentum that can change an entire game. So one or two calls can do a lot more, I think in basketball than it can in most any other games. So they have a lot of influence.
0: I agree. And I couldn't help but think while you were going through that um, with the officiating and just the physicality of the teams and how that's changed. Have you heard of the book called Blood in the Garden?
1: I, I, yeah, I heard of it. I had I had a coworker. We were talking about gambling and stuff, and uh, and that came up. So I think uh, I heard about that. I should probably give it a read.
0: Pick it up. I, I, I went right through it. And mind you, this is, um, like I said, not a huge NBA watcher. But when I was a kid, I absolutely was. And this is like the... 1990s New York Knicks you know right it's like Ewing, John Starks um, Anthony Mason all those guys and just the physicality that those guys brought to the game and if you want to see like a night and day experience that kind of paints a pretty clear picture about like Charles Oakley is just like breaking his teammates noses in practice just you know going up for rebounds and stuff it's pretty wild different era of basketball for sure Oh yeah, but one I remember fondly (laughs) the best kind (laughs) best kind that's right um all right, Casey. I'll try and be brief with our next segment because I know that you're not a huge hockey fan um but we had a pretty important game last night did you did you watch any of this? No, I was too busy uh you know crying about the wolves <laughs> fair, fair enough um, so last night we had our final abs wild match of the season storied rivalry, you know competes with all the good ones u n c duke uh Packers Vikings, oh I yeah mean, yeah peanut butter and mayonnaise. It's right up there. Um, so wait, what, here, what, what? Uh, moving on, moving on. So here's what happened. Casey. I, I had a ton of confidence in the apps going into this game, but I am. Um, do you ever, do you ever play daily fantasy on fan duel? Oh yeah. Okay. So it, it's the worst kind of gambling, by the way, I feel like the odds are you take gambling odds and then you just add even that much more to Vegas.
1: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. It's a degeneracy for sure. It's yeah. mostly uh, you got to know you're losing all of it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I, I you know, I, and I never bet much, but I, I put in a bet for this game and it was, um, you know, I, I figured in a match like this, a team teams that know each other really well, the superstars aren't going to be there. So I, I picked a ton of second and third line guys to get the points. I picked the halves. What happened was the opposite. The second and third line guys of the wild were the ones who actually delivered on the road. And, This was kind of me arriving a little bit late to the, oh, I guess the Wild are actually pretty good party. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, that winning streak is pretty cute. And yeah, I guess it's good that, you know, you're rallying around the team with your best player injured. And yeah, Gustafson's good. He's on my fantasy team. No shade here. They're goalie behind Flurry. I think he's better than Flurry now.
1: Hot Mm. take. I'm just going
0: to say it. Hot take. I'm just going to say it. Cold take? It's hockey, right? Yeah, that's right. Ice cold. Ice cold. Ice cold, but I, I did not expect them to come into Denver and to, um, win the way that they did. And they kind of pushed the abs around granted. We are, um, missing a bit of muscle. Josh Manson's still injured. Gabe Landeskog hasn't played all year, but that was no excuse for how guys like Kale McCarr played all night. He looked terrible. Um, one of the best defensemen in the league just kind of folded and, yeah, I as much as I hate to do it, I kind of tip my cap to the Wild. Um they showed up, showed out and uh I guess onto the playoffs. But like I told Chad in our chat, the one thing is that I'm not worried. Like I still like the Avs team. I think our top talent is better than the Wilds top talent, but I definitely think that they have something cooking here particularly the most impressive is in a in a salary cap situation where they are still paying for Zach Parise and Ryan Suter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have a ton of money tied up that if they had to spend like the abs need this year letting Nazim Kadri go one of the key pieces of our cup run last year if the wild had that kind of money that we had last year this team is way scarier but oh yeah as it, yeah as it as it stands right now I think that They might make a run. I don't see them getting past, I guess it would be the Western Conference Championship, but they are definitely here, and they're definitely playing some really good hockey right now. So I can't wait to play them in the playoffs. Can't wait to play Flurry, get some revenge from the Knights-Ab series a few years ago. Oh, we're going to light them up. It's going to be so good. Well, you know, I, I think there is something to be said about having your, your
1: main guy go down. I think it actually benefited the Wolves a little bit with Cat being out because it kind of forced them to, A, uh, you know, adapt to Rudy being the new guy there, but B, like, you know, focus on their games and make sure that, you know, if Cat is having an off night or when he's, uh, you know, when he is on the bench or whatever, that everyone can contribute. So maybe there's something be said about the the Wild kind of rallying around each other with uh, what's the space, you know, on the bench. But uh, hopefully, if things come together and you know you rally the right direction and you get that right steam going at the right time here at the end of the season, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, if your abs are trending down and the wild are trending up, those trends seem to continue into playoffs. You know what I'm
0: saying? I do, and um, yeah, and it's. I wonder if basketball is the same way because you were saying that it's a bit of a momentum sport. Hockey's a chemistry sport, right? I mean, that's why. Oh. Connor- Connor McDavid, far and away the best player in the league. No question. The the dude is threatening, like, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky numbers this year. But the rest of the Oilers just are not a complete team. And we saw that last year. The Avs swept them in the playoffs. They had the two best players, Leon Dreisidel, Connor McDavid. They could not win a single game against the Avalanche. And that is what is so impressive about this wild team, is that they have this chemistry. I don't know where it's coming from. I mean, you got leaders like you got Zuccarello. You know, Erickson X been on the team for a while. Um, you got uh, Dumba, which I think sneaky. I, I thought they should have traded him, but now I'm wondering if like his locker room presence and leadership was a big reason they mm-hmm, kept him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's stuff like that. It's like the intangibles that they really seem to have right now. And, you know, Matt Boldy's kind of figuring it out. So I don't know. They're, they're a real hockey team. I did not think so. They're but a real hockey I, I team. The air of my ways. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. And uh, you'll
1: know who to root for, you know, when the Abs get bounced and uh, the Wild make a run.
0: Oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I can do that. Even if they're out? Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Okay, fair. Could you root for the Packers if they knock the Vikings out of the playoffs? No, I root for
1: every team playing against them, so that's fair.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I here's I'll say this: I'll root for. Who am I cheering for? Their opponent. (laughs) Their opponent. Yeah, I will root for the city. If I if I can't bring myself to root for the team, I will root for the city. I will root for my friends. That's there you doing. go. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, okay, Casey. Closing us out here. Do you? How do you feel about baseball? Have you heard about Major League? <laughs> Wait, <That's>... hold on. <laughs> they they have a whole Major League where they play baseball. They do.
1: You know what? Baseball is probably if I had to rank it in my list of sports, it's probably fourth or fifth. I do love to go to a game. Um, I just find it there's just too much for me to follow because of all the other sports and things that i follow that uh from year to year basis i'm i'm kind of watching the twins like uh their record to see how they're doing but honestly i don't know what that means because i don't watch enough games to i couldn't even tell you how many games are in a season total right that's how casual of a fan i am but uh it is an amazing sport to go wander around and hang out at the stadium in person so i'll always love
0: it for that nice 162 by the way perfect um, that's a lot that's a lot of baseball where that um, number come up from? Like, what? Where that? What does that represent? They just decided, yeah, that's enough. That's a fantastic question. Yeah, that's that's enough. I don't think that's ever been said after 162, except for in the context of baseball. We like, like, maybe one more. Uh, no, that's enough. 162. No. We'll just stop there. Yeah, that's plenty. That's plenty. Um Well, it is opening day today, March 30th, 2023. I'm excited as a baseball fan, but I will also say. I get it. If you think it's boring, you think that it's slow, no arguments here. I just will say that I love the boring and the slow in the case of baseball. But this year, everyone's heard of the pitch clock. It's going to save like 26 minutes per game. So that's like maybe, you know, one less bathroom break per inning. Uh, I think the real question people were asking is, well, when is last call then? Because that's usually like Mm. seventh, eighth inning maybe if you're lucky. Um, So – you know, how long do I have to get drunk at the ballpark? Um, <laughs> but we that's have. That's true. That's
1: uh, right. That's an important question.
0: It, it really, do you do that baseball math? It's like, okay, it's the first inning. I can have a beer. And it's the third inning. I think if I have one more, but not past the fourth, I'll be sober enough to drive home. <laughs> like all of these. No, you know. see,
1: I tried it. my my plan is to we go out beforehand and pregame it so that we don't really have to keep going. And the game is the sobering up period.
0: OK, I might be doing it but, wrong. or
1: maybe you start you, you have your last one at the beginning of the game, you know, get some get a hot dog in you too, to to help that sober
0: process happen. Oh, that's that's brilliant. That's yeah, I might be doing this all wrong. OK, we're gonna have to try it your way this year, Casey.
1: Yeah, in my cool. old age, uh, you know, I find you need less of a runway for takeoff, but much larger of
0: a runway for <laughs> the landing if you want to <laughs> stick to landing. That's that is accurate. And I do love just I, like I can get there in a beer and a half these days, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's that's and you all do. You, you find two for ones outside the stadium
1: and then uh, then you go in and have one more.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And then it's all hot dogs and peanuts until the ninth mm-hmm, inning.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm sounds perfect excellent we'll have to get some twins tickets
0: yeah i'm i'm bringing um i'm bringing my eldest this year for sure i was actually gonna reach oh, out yeah. to you guys because i I was that. waiting for her to like you know be able to sit still long enough i i'm pretty confident she can do it this homie this
1: i can't even sit
0: still long enough i i get up and do some laps during the game so it's all
1: right. good um, yes. That's part of the journey. That's why there's so many things around the, like, the stadium to, you know, places to take pictures with your kids or steers to go up and down. There's
0: there's enough distraction. That place is gigantic. Oh, yeah. You got to go spin the Treasure Island wheel see if you can win oh, a yeah. free t-shirt or, you know, casino cash. It's the best. The dream. It's the best. Um, so that kind of answers our re- reader mail, which is now listener mail. Jamie, with your undying love of baseball, will the new rule changes make the game palatable again? And to this, all I can say is if you're watching, you're watching. If you're not, it's not going to change your mind. I mean, you know, what's what's 26 minutes going to add to your experience if you already think baseball is the most boring sport in the world? It's not going to. So I think it's
1: going to just benefit uh, like networks or people planning, you know, you know, I'm going to be at the game for this long. If it's shaving time down a little bit, that helps expectations of games. Um, Just I think it helps fans in that way. But I think it helps. You're right. Existing fans. I
0: don't think it's going to it's going to, that, that alone isn't going to pull people into the sport. You're right. And I think, um, I think like you said, we might see a boost in ticket bumps, like ticket sales for in-person, but it's not going to help Bally mm-hmm. sports North, you know, like, no, you're, you're not going to get a ton of new subscribers to the MLB season pass. That's not happening. No. no. Um, but, and, and, you know, I, I think this is small fries compared to, um, some, like if Shohei Otani, doesn't pull a new fans, a generational Oof, player right? who can pitch and hit the way he can. If that guy can't convert, you know, casual fans, then n- literally nothing will. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the game clock. It, it's great for the rest of us who love baseball and still want to mm-hmm, be home mm-hmm. before midnight. That's awesome. Exactly. So I'll take it. Um, All right, Casey, do you have any March Madness feelings before we get out of here? Tournament got weird. No, it got super weird. I, uh, you
1: know, from a gambling aspect, uh, I got a couple third places, you know, towards the the end of the run here because so many people just had their brackets busted wide open. Um, ironically, most of my brackets, I think, have paid out already, and there's still games to be played because there's well it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's that's
0: crazy. It's efficient, but it's crazy. Who did you Some have? Someone say
1: it's Who's... madness.
0: <laughs> well done. So who's making you money? Like which choices did you make or keeping your brackets? Um,
1: honestly, it's not even that. I think it's just I made the right uh, early round picks to to get enough points, and then I had a few guys last. Uh, I I mostly picked big seeds and high or sorry high seeds. I don't pick a lot of upsets. Um, I played just the variance there, right? Yeah. I don't you know yeah. from a gambling aspect, you know, people looking at the brackets and trying to do them. They're going to try to start picking upsets, and the likelihood of people picking the right upsets are just so low. So it's like, why bother? I'm playing in small bracket, you know, small pools of you know friends and coworkers and things like that. Uh, The odds are in my favor. The odds are in the higher seeds as it is. So why even bother trying to pick the upsets? I'll just pick higher seeds. And and obviously you can make a few decisions once they get closer towards the end of the game, uh, end of the tournament. You got fours and fives mixed in too. But you know, I had most of my teams until that last round. Um, I had a couple. I had a bracket with Gonzaga, and they were they were kind of my last hope at the end. But uh, I lost both. You know, I had both two of the one seeds. I had uh, Houston bracket and Alabama bracket. So once those teams got bounced, you know, that was it. That's all she wrote.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, my dad just got back from Vegas um, for uh, my aunt's retirement. You know, there were quite a few family members out there. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my uh, well, let's just say a relative who will remain nameless. He's he, he he's on it, man. Like he's got a system for uh gambling in teams and he he tipped off my dad to a couple of bets based on his model like he had fau like at the start of the season oh he had wow FAU. so i my dad made some money on some of those chaotic Fantastic. weekends and bets so I, i'm thinking we need to like form a brain trust here and come up with some models of our own and see if we can put our heads together and
1: <laughs> there there's a lot of variance in college hoops and i think if i think if you're going to chase down some some wide odds and, and try to make some big parlays and payouts. And you can figure some of those out. I think uh, that's college basketball is probably one of the places to do it. It's just, there's so much. It's like oh, the wild, wild west of sports. There's a right. lot going on and there's a lot of variance. You know They're kids. You're gambling on kids.
0: Right. Yeah. Don't, Who don't bet the house. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, Casey, I think we're ending our episode today, but with hopes of good things to come, for the playoffs for your favorite basketball and hockey teams and do you have any final thoughts i mean despite my sadness wolves back oh we're going let's go there he is and i i have nothing more to say let's end it with that thank you for joining us this week on the midwest mountain sports report where the air is thin and the only coaster lake shores i'm jamie thanks casey hey you're welcome peace